All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is a special episode of Too Many Jams, a show about all things 20-year-old. With help from friends, experts, and our own personal experiences, we hope to shed some light on those things that leave our age group lost or confused. This is, uh, we've, we've been guestless for a long time because... Rob, a while. Yeah, coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> um, we've been guestless for a while, and... The main reason why we go guestless is because one, the logistics of setting up a virtual guest is a bit of a nightmare, and our current guests will attest to that. But also, um, it's just hard to get a vibe, like going like we normally over the do. phone. Yeah, over the phone. But it's true, and we learned that the hard way recently. I don't know if we did we tell that story yet about Merck trying to get one of his friends into the podcast, and then he chose. Uh, he chose one of our phone call episodes. Do no, you remember this? Not at all. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll circle back. Circle okay, back. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll circle back. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm now lost. Sorry. Shout out, okay, Merck. So we, <laughs> shout out, Merck. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, Merck. Um, Brandon knows Merck from high school too. True. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was I saying? Okay. Oh, we can't get a vibe. It's hard to get a vibe on the phone call. Um, but so we've been pushing it off. We've been saying like, no, we won't do it because we'll just wait. And eventually we want to have that guest back on in person. But the reason why we're doing this now is because we can't have Brendan on in person. It's Brendan Metcalf, our guest, a repeat guest if you've heard yep. his first episode. Yep. It was a favorite episode for many listeners because he's in Vancouver right now. Revelstoke. So I thought, what's that? Revelstoke. Revelstoke. Okay. But still, he's over somewhere. I don't fucking... That's, he's he's, he's, Vancouver to me. he's three yeah. hours behind. Um, and we can't physically have them in person regardless of the coronavirus. So it's not technically letting the virus win doing a virtual call with him. And, uh, it's been a long time coming to catch up. And before we dive into you, Brenna, cause you've got a lot to say. Um, I will say if you don't know his story, I would listen to his first episode, um, on the podcast. It, it explains all that, but we're high school buddies. He essentially took a really cool path to, uh, to being a remote self-employed worker. So it's all that's cool. Listen to his first episode and then we'll get into this episode, which is everything that happened since. And Rob, what were you talking about? Um, about, okay. So, yeah. So about Merck, <laughs> uh, we, we were, you were chatting to Merck on the phone a few weeks ago and I'm surprised you don't remember this. Maybe when I tell the story, you will, but um, Merck was talking about the podcast and he's like, yeah, like, uh, or just asking. Oh, he how showed it to his friend, asking how you. it's going. And um, around Chris was it Christmas time, maybe. Yeah. That we, um, yeah, okay, it was Christmas time because we were both at home for the holidays, and um, we had to keep up with the schedule and didn't want to let a week slide. So we did an episode over the phone, and um, put put the episode out and Merck happened to be with in, in the car driving with uh, one of his friends like a few weeks after. And uh, he was talking about the podcast to, uh, to them saying it's uh, he really enjoys it and stuff. And then like, you should take a listen. He was boosting her fucking tires. He's he was, like, Oh, he was, it's, yeah. Cause she was asking like what podcast he listened to. 
Yeah. He's like, oh, like I listened to this and that. Like my friend's podcast is like, it's really dope. Yeah. Like, I'll put it on for you. And he, he played the episode that we did virtually. He like just happened to choose this virtual episode. <laughs> He's like, it literally just sounded like you guys having a phone conversation, like just catching up or whatever. And the, apparently the person was like, oh, like, oh yeah, like yeah, it's great. Sucks. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this is going to be different because we have all the technology going and uh, it should work fine. We'll have high quality audio for you. We'll have high quality video because you've been doing YouTube videos. And Brendan, can I ask you something? Yep. Why do you have a lapel make? Um, I actually have two, but I make some YouTube videos, some coding tutorials, and post okay. them on YouTube. So, yeah. Wait, sorry, what kind of tutorials? Coding. Coding, coding tutorials. tutorials. Most, okay. Mostly for Python. Yeah, yeah, true. Which okay. is like all part of his whole story. I knew that story because I did a I did a FaceTime with him a little while ago. Got caught up on all this. I just I just feel like lapel mics are kind of obscure. Like unless you're doing like uh, coding like, tutorials, like presentations. Or no, yeah. So no, I'm big. I'm big on lapel mics. I used to have one of those Yeti mics, which people recommend as like an intro podcast mic or whatever. But I live out of a backpack. Yeah. I can't. I can't carry a Yeti around. So um, I have uh, a lapel mic. Cool. <laughs> that make, right. it does make a lot it of sense. sense. And um, yeah, so let's let's bring it back. Um, you were a, when you last came on. You were about to depart on your kind of like digital nomad is what you coined it kind of uh yeah. kind of experience you're about to disembark you were you had all these destinations you wanted to go you wanted to work out of um for anyone that uh that hasn't talked to you like i have can you kind of explain what happened since that episode a little bit like geographically kind of chronologically yeah for sure yeah chron chronology would probably be helpful here but um man the last episode was so damn biographical so i just want to do this real quick and then let's do more of like a you know back and forth type thing <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yee, all right so yeah our last our first call was in or our first podcast episode was october 2018 which is nuts yep. eh? it's like more than a year and a half ago yeah. yeah that's wild Time i didn't think it was that that long ago Man, it's like 18 months or something. It's nuts. But um, yeah, so anyway, so what had happened is I uh, just had my going away party in Montreal, um, was back in Toronto, and the next day I was flying to Dallas, Texas um, to go kind of get set up in the in the States, kind of move from Canada to the States. And yeah. um, I'm going to skip over like everything here, but... Um, I got a job at um, a public consult, a publicly listed consulting company, and it was pretty cool. I was like flying all around the U.S. Um, for most of 2019. I could be in Texas, Florida, and California in the same week partying. It was pretty cool. But ultimately, <laughs> nice. my goal was was to be like 100% remote. Um, I didn't really want to be in the U.S. And so, in um, October of 2019, I got like a fully remote job my first like 100% remote job. So I've been doing that for whatever it is, seven months now. And what is that? Uh, coding still, um, working for um, another consulting company, but in the healthcare space, which ended up working out nicely because we work with hospitals. We, you know, do stuff with their technology infrastructure. And um, obviously, you know, hospitals you are, need are that kind now, of yeah. in demand. So kind of worked out. 
And what kind of coding are you doing for them? Man, I do a mix of everything. I've been doing stuff with chatbots lately. I do traditional websites. Um, I do machine learning and like data science stuff. Um, pretty much anything that like needs coding. Sounds like, expensive. Put, put me on it. <laughs> they pick you up. They pick you up. Sounds expensive. And uh, since you're since you're in the healthcare space, have you seen an increase in work for for the stuff that you're doing with everything that's going on with coronavirus right now? Or yeah, I mean, decline or like I I I don't know what you know the, if there's a correlation or we're busy. <laughs> yeah, we're busy. Okay, cool. Um, like it's like it's so tough to like. There is so much to dive into because I also want to hear about like your time living in these places. Like, so it's almost like you enough of a backstory. Um, but again, that's all in the last episode. I want to hear about like how it was. Like you're alone, right? You moved to to the states. Did you have like any buddies? Like any, or are you like you plant you landed? And you're just like working for this company and you, you have no friends in this new city and you're starting from scratch? Well, uh, for one, worth noting that I, even though I was in the States, I was living out of a backpack the whole time. I haven't had a lease actually ever in my life, really. Um, so I've been like literally since we last spoke and, and saw each other in person, um, I've been living out of a backpack. And how is that? Dude, it's sick. <laughs> it's sick, but like, but like, takes a certain person to, you know, to appreciate that, right? And obviously, you are. Is it a big backpack? Like, <laughs> like is it at least like one of those like travel back, like you know what I mean? Those hiker backpacks. No, well, I've been doing a backpack and a carry-on because in the U.S., uh, you can have two pieces. So, um, I have two pieces, but you know, it's pretty pretty minimalist. So you're minimalist, but but still, like you. So you stayed what? Like, uh, did they have corporate housing? Like, or was it just Airbnbs and hotels mostly? Like, what was the deal? All right. Um. Yeah, I can explain this. So, uh, if you know like buddies who might work for Deloitte or KPMG or Accenture or whatever, yeah. like a, yeah. a consulting oh, company, yeah, yeah. you might know that they um, often fly to client sites, right? That might be in a different city. Yeah, you work city. out of their offices and stuff. And yeah. you work out of their office. And then they, and what these, what the policy is typically is um, instead of flying you home, if you want to fly somewhere else of equal or lesser value in terms of the flight, then you can just do that instead. So instead of like, instead of flying from Toronto to Winnipeg or whatever, you just don't have to fly home to Toronto and you can fly kind of like all over the U.S. or Canada as long as it's cheaper, uh, the flight. Then the, so the original I, flight. So, okay. Yeah. So, be, so because I'm set up in Texas and my client that I was working with throughout 2018-19 was in Florida, I mean, that's a pretty expensive flight. That's like 500 U.S. round trip. So on that type of budget, I could fly all over the United States basically and any, anywhere I wanted. And that's what I did. Like... Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be, I was on a flight pretty much, I don't know, maybe like every 10 days throughout to the 2019. And I was just popping back and forth from Miami, Texas, California, Boston, a um, couple other spots and just kept literally just flying back and forth wherever I wanted the whole year for free kind of. So, so it'd How be many- like Airbnbs then you'd be staying at? Airbnbs, Hostels? buddies. I mean, usually I would... Um, try to go somewhere where I knew someone or whatever. But yeah, I've stayed in hostel, hostels a couple times. Like 
I've like been like, you know, doing business phone calls in the lobby of a hostel in South Beach, Miami, like many times. And it's kind of a funny flex, right? Because you meet these people they're from Germany or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's do the thing. And I'm like, oh, I got to work. And they're like, how are you working? We're in a hostel in South Beach. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. still stacking. <laughs> how many miles? Did you pick yeah, up? Yeah, do you got a good plan, like a good arrow plan? Yeah, like, a good points card? Yeah, yeah I, got, I got status with, with some of those things, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you were working. Are you still there, sorry? Yeah. Okay, sorry, I just got like a little blip. I know you were working on like passports and stuff like when you were leaving. Did you get any more citizenships since we last talked? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, how much can I divulge here? This is like personal info. I'm gonna get hacked. Um, yeah, no, I did. So in the last call, uh, we talked about me getting Italian citizenship and how that was coming up, and so that came through. So I now have uh, three passports. It's just such like a different guy, eh? Like even like even when we Facetime and you're telling me like the stuff you. So j- just to preface this phone call, why he's on the episode now is he gave me a shout like couple weeks ago and was just like yeah let's catch up like what's going on like just all this shit and then just casually was like yeah like tomorrow i'm actually like road tripping from toronto to vancouver with my brother or toronto to bc with my brother um like driving right yeah yeah we drove. i was like okay that's like a fucking that's a big deal like that's something i'd be i'd be like telling people about for a while I'd be like oh, i'm doing this huge road trip like toronto to bc it's crazy yeah, and you're just like that's just something you slip in there. I guess it doesn't feel that weird for you when you are kind of you haven't really had put roots down for like like 18 months. You know what I mean? You're just like well, whatever. For, it's like just another journey. My my brother actually lives here in Revelstoke, and he had driven back to Toronto for uh, Easter, and so he said, "Hey man, do you want to just like come back he drove out with back me for Easter? At, like a weekend? Yeah. No, he came for like a month actually, but <laughs> oh, okay. um, but but yeah, he was like. Yeah, do you want to come back? And I was like, yeah, it's better than downtown Toronto, that's for sure. So, <laughs> yeah, you could probably do a bit more living in Revelstoke, at least in the current climate. Oh and man, uh, uh, I guess <laughs> man, I have like a tan, man. I'm I, like I got a sunburn. I had to put fucking coconut oil on my face. Like I'm riding around <laughs> on a on a mountain bike, like shirtless all day. Yeah, we've had the wackest weather here. It hasn't been like that quite yet, but um. What what are the three passports that you have right now? It's Just Canada, U.S., uh, uh, Italy, right? Yeah. Canada, U.S., Italy? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, uh, any plans to go over? Actually, fuck, Italy is kind of destro- destroyed. But, like, was there any plans before COVID to, like, eventually bring this remote thing kind of, like, on a more worldwide thing? Like, I, do you have any plans to lay roots or are you going to keep nomadic for, like, a good period? Like, did you really enjoy that decision after all? Was it what you're looking for? Well, it, it, it's honestly just not as binary as you paint it. So, like, for example, in Mexico, when I'm there, um, I'm rooming with my buddy Chris from Toronto, my high school friend. But we have this huge community of expats. And we work in this co-working space. Uh, we party together at night. We do trips to um, islands and stuff like that. And, you know, people from uh, all over Europe and, and things like that. So I actually feel like I have more community in Mexico than I do uh, in Toronto sometimes for sure. Wow. No, I understand. Yeah, I understand. But that is, it's still a, 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 ch- a changing community. You know what I mean? Like, like if you spent time in Toronto laying down roots or like rekindling 
um, I, I guess like the, the friendships and stuff, like you can build uh, a real community here. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like I never sure, left. I sure. haven't taken. Um, so you still have that community feeling, but it's, it's still going to be different because you have your community in Mexico, but that's evolving with the, the people that are coming in and out other than a few core people. But then, you know, when you change places, you're, you still may have a community feeling, but it's different people. There's still like variables and stuff. And I think that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, that's why I ask about No, it. I agree. No, no, no. Uh, like it, it, community is absolutely important for everyone, even nomads. And um, it's something that I think about too. And so I think about maybe I should just have like three or four spots around the globe and build a community um, in each of those spots. So instead of just hitting a new thing all the time and starting from scratch, it's annoying as hell, man, to be honest. So it's better to have like a couple communities, right? Because like, think about, mm -hmm. like, think about something like dating, right? Where, or in like, so, or, or think about something like sales. So what if like you were um, like a car salesman, right? Or a software salesman, I said to you, okay, every single month, every single week, we're going to just delete all of your sales funnel leads. We're going to delete everything in the funnel that hasn't been closed yet. And you just have to literally start from scratch the next month. So that's what it's like yeah. to like pull up in a new city. There's no girls in the funnel yet. There's no like, you know what I mean? So things there's like no that. There's no friends so in you, the funnel. There's no like, there's nothing like you, you really, you're literally starting from scratch. Yeah. But I mean, dude, shit happens fast. And I do try to go places where I know people, I think like, so the, the six months I've been traveling remote, I mean, everywhere I've gone, it's cause I've known someone. Okay. So yeah, it's it's still a bit of a blend, but and the thing is like, it's impossible to say if like as much as that is a challenge. Like you made the the sales thing, m maybe it's like the right type of challenge. Maybe that person, the salesman that goes through that challenge, becomes the best fucking salesman in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, who's to say that it isn't man. a benefit, even though it's 100%. challenging? Hundred percent. But that's super cool, and that's why like that's why your episode was so. Uh, was so well received before is because how different you are um, and you were talking about all these plans and uh, so people were like really intrigued and this is cool to follow up and like get kind of, it's kind of like a post game or like mid-match interview you know of, yeah. of how it's going uh, so the transition from you got that job in the states was it through connections or was it through cold uh, emailing I forget like when you worked for the uh, it was cold. Company? It was cold. Okay. It was cold, and it was actually quite a grind. And that's why I, you know, ultimately accepted a job that wasn't fully remote because getting fully remote at that time was, uh, was proved to be kind of hard. <laughs> and so you used your coding uh, ex uh, knowledge and all this stuff to. Uh, did you have it? Like you built, I'm guessing, a little bit of a portfolio, and then you started cold hitting these places. You got a job that was semi, uh, semi remote, and then. Um, you use that experience and the job that was fully remote, uh, do they employ a lot of fully remote people that are highly qualified or did you Yeah, the, the, bring the company a high is level designed to be remote. It's a distributed company. Okay. okay. And and what are their basic requirements of their employees that are fully remote in terms of like sort of day-to-day uh, -day work and uh, keeping in touch? We have like a once a day morning meeting that everyone joins on, but it's pretty loose to be honest. But in terms of like credentials and experience, like did they have, was it hard? Like, did they have a pretty strict requirement? I mean, 
in my case, I'm actually the only developer, full-time developer in my company. Everyone's a little bit more business focused, more consulting focused, and they needed more developer talent. And then so um, kind of a unique situation in that sense. And with uh, like, do they have a home base somewhere? Yeah, in Virginia. In Virginia. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, I've uh, never been. I'll probably never have to go. <laughs> That's kind of nice. And you don't have to deal with all the politics and nonsense of uh, sort of coworkers you don't like. Yeah, you avoid all that. <laughs> Man, there's so many benefits of working remote that you just don't realize until um, you're in that position. Well, like the thing is, is, I don't know how it's affecting all of our friends' companies that they work at, but everyone's working technically remotely right now. Yeah. And it does, the barn doesn't seem to be coming down. You know, the shit doesn't seem to be sinking. I think I, I think there's a kind of a an old school philosophy that you need your people to work in, in an office to make sure they're productive, to make sure that they're... Um, you know, that they're kind of scared and like they work hard to impress upper management and stuff like that. And I'm sure that's true to a degree and, and all that, but they're all working remotely now and it seems to be fine. So like maybe this is going to pave the way for a lot more of like blended work schedules, like maybe month on month off or, or like, you know what I mean? Like a lot more balance because it's clearly technologically possible. Yeah. Even in, even in these, these, uh, high functioning like finance banking real estate like it's true it's gonna be interesting to see once once the quarantine ends uh you know kind of what kind of work schedules companies go back to and my prediction and possibly if they adopt more of a work from home or loosely based remote style of work my prediction the exact same hey hey brennan nah, nah man no chance they're gonna go back to they're gonna go back to nine to five, eight to six, whatever Monday to Friday after after quarantine. Maybe not immediately. Like there might be a transition period, like a few months, mm-hmm. six months or so. But I guarantee they go back to biz as usual in the office. They 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 own these huge office buildings. They they like they need to justify them. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you have any? Do you have any? Okay, so you're working for this company out in Revelstoke. Um, and do you have any plans to like take in sort of the, the mountains, whether it's like skiing or mountain bike or like kind of that type of lifestyle that's, that's out there? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, we're, it's the summer, so it's not really skiing, but I'm mountain biking every day, man. I gotta <laughs> yeah, tell you, I, but, but fuck, I mean, bro, you know, yo, like, yo, yo, like, yo, 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 I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you. So, so, yo, I went, um, I got invited to go on a fishing trip this past weekend and uh, it yeah. had no cell service, right? And okay. uh, dude, I'm like straight city boy. I've never owned a car. I grew up on the subway line, right? I don't even know what the fuck nature is. And um, so in my first 24 hours without cell signal, right? Um, we're not even that far from the town. But anyway, so I saw my first ever black bear. I saw five black bears. I saw a caribou. When we're in the lake, I saw a caribou swim across the middle of this gigantic lake man like we're in the boat and it's also in the water like swimming like it's nuts and like, then like so kilometers they're great shore? dude a caribou can fucking swim i had no idea i should stop swearing though wow but um and then the other you thing is i saw i saw <laughs> and then i saw um a bald eagle 
And it was carrying like a stick. I was like, yo, this bald eagle's like carrying a stick. They're like, no, that's a snake, man. It's about to eat that thing, you know, in the air. I'm like, damn, with some national national geographic wow. shit, man. And then, you know, we're catching like rainbow trout and all this shit. So, man, on the nature part of things, it was, it's, it's, you, you hit that hard that weekend. Eh? You, you, you filled a few quotas just in 24 hours. And 24, man, it, it's like, it looks like Switzerland out here. It's like, you know, snow capped, jagged peaks with like crystal blue water. It's nuts. Yeah, you might have to. You're making me jealous again. Anytime someone tells me about like the West Coast, whether California or like anything up to to BC, I always immediately get jealous because, fuck, like I know you said you're a city boy, subway line, and all that, but Robbie and myself are like very much um, outdoorsy, like skiing, snowboarding, mountain biking, fuck surfing, like any like. All of the above. AKA BC or California in a nutshell. But anyway. No, yeah, I'm down to be outdoorsy. I'm just not like, you know what I mean? It's different. Yeah. No, what you are, and I thought thought it's interesting to note that um, you're such a like, like Rob, you know how I talk about like doers, like people that are just like, they just almost, they almost just like always got to be like doing something. Yeah. And you're definitely one of those people. And I think that's why this lifestyle kind of satiates that part of you so well is me. I would look at the exactly what you said, like, oh my God, it seems so unnecessary to like just meet a whole new group of people. And like, where am I going to, where am I going to get my creature comforts and like just keep resetting and stuff. But it, it almost like that fills a certain like need for you to like get out and like do something new. Like you have that kind of built-in desire that this is like this is obviously hitting for you you know what i mean i mean it's just you just got to have an interesting life man i just don't think that staying in literally the same city your whole life would be that interesting you know i agree i agree with that our our uh our plan is similar except we're like we're thinking okay relocate like three, four times, maybe, you know, or have a few <laughs> spots. You know? Budget in a few <laughs> moves to LA or whatever. Yeah, LA, maybe bounce, like live a bit there, live a, maybe another nice, like, I don't even know. I haven't looked beyond just, that. That was my next step. And then just keep adding real estate to the portfolio. Yeah, you know, Utah, BC, I could see it. Um, Hawaii. Oh, uh, Hawaii ooh. would be great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're dreaming here. I had something I wanted to ask you, and it's it's slipping my mind. Dude, dreaming's um, good, oh, man. That's what. So that's that's what I was gonna ask you about. So like, you are setting lofty goals and weird goals. So, you know, some with the passports, with the with the lifestyle you're choosing, and weird. I mean, weird in a good way. Um, so you set pretty <laughs> interesting goals, and you achieve them. And it's as you're knocking them off, as you are now, and you're currently living your goal to be fully remote i'm assuming yep. you've already dreamt of what's next or at least the next evolution because you do want to mm-hmm. live an interesting life and that's that's clearly something that's important to you do you like have ideas like about meeting that girl or about like um what's next or you know are you trying to with this youtube stuff like become a, a personality or someone to share your story like through video or like like a book or something like what do you what what are you looking to now like what's going on yeah i definitely would would love to talk to you about personal brand stuff and and get your opinion on a few things um no it's a good question in terms of what's next i mean it's something that i'm um 
trying to figure out now. Like I have a whole lot of things that I would like to do. And then it's just about kind of like lining them up based on the circumstances uh, in the world and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, like you have all these like dreams of things you want to do. Maybe you guys want to just become famous in Japan and live over there or whatever. And you have all these like little ideas of pot- potential futures that could happen. And not all of them will ever happen, but you kind of have them on a shelf that you can like pull down um, when it's a like good when the opportunity. Stars align you know what I mean? One. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so is that what you're doing right now with, um, you know, you have an opportunity being fully remote and like with the, the flexibility you have, you're, you're pulling off the shelf, the, uh, like the content creator, like kind of, uh, income stream or like path. Is that, is that your main thing you're working on aside from your core work? Um, it's more of a side thing. I'm like, I'm putting time into it for sure. I have about a, just shy of a hundred videos out on YouTube over the past year. Um, and it's been growing, it's been cool, but like, it's, it's small and I'm not really expecting it to like get anywhere. It's a coding channel. It's not going to really hit the kind of like sub numbers that are, that are crazy. Um, it's just something that I thought was, was good. For, for someone who hasn't seen any of your videos like myself, can you give them a little explanation of what they are? Yeah, like sure, man. They're, they're a, cringy as hell, videos? and they're like, uh, they're, they, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're pretty cringy, but um, a lot of it is like, um, just like explaining features of the Python language um, and taking the documentation that's out there and just kind of like wrapping a video around it so that it's more like digestible so you can like watch something instead of read it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, like I have opinions about I about people that do content like yourself for any reason, and my opinion has always been, if you're doing something um, like say coding, like working remotely, and if I see that you also have some sort of like a blog or a or a video series, you said this to me the other day, yeah, or you do something external to it that shows to me that you're more invested in what you're doing than just what you get paid to do. Um, I immediately am more, I, I give that person more value, uh, you know, when if I'm choosing them as like someone to work with or like as a hire or something, you having your own like channel shows people that not only are you capable, but like this is something that you seek, you know, uh, a better understanding of, you like you you know enough to educate, it, it gives a lot of value other than the fact that you could gain subs and you could potentially uh, you know, get income from that. But I, for personal branding, and you say it, it will never blow up. Um, or like you, But no, it's what, it's what you to. said, man. It's just something you can point to. So even if it never goes anywhere, when I have you know job interviews or whatever, I can say, hey, I have a channel and it'll, it'll help. But you know what? It also, I think, like, and I don't know if this is going to be part of your personal branding quest or what you're going to ask, but... Like I think a cool avenue for you is um, once you start getting in the habit of creating videos and and you know obviously get better at it and it becomes more comfortable to start shedding some light on the lifestyle you're living through like either short vlogs or or short whatever or explaining to people how you live the life you do those channels blow the fuck up and people yeah, tons of people tons of people want to know how to live like that. 
those nomad and, and channels, man, I, like I, have people... fr- I have friends like these guys, you know, like I've been in all these digital nomad hubs around the world, or at least some of yeah. them. And I've met some of these guys. I've met guys with, um, with big follow, follow, followings and, um, followings. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, taking notes. Cause, cause a lot of people, sometimes it's like, it's like self-help people and motivation people. Uh, some people like become nomadic based on youtube success about being nomadic right okay so so like what do you mean it's like they kind of you get uh, rich by teaching people how to get rich yeah exactly i mean it's a small percentage it's honestly not even worth like discussing um i I know but it's like it's like you know the people that become you know motivators just by motivating people like in like they're like, look how successful I am, and it's just because they like yeah, motivate yeah. other people. But okay, um, no, but you've you're the real deal. Um, like aside from that, you've become fully remote, uh, and I think there is value in teaching people because I know our roommate, like Kevin, producer Kev, he talks all the time about how he'd love, and he's got coding developing uh, experience. He did uh, his his boot camp, and all he wants to do is have that freedom and. Uh, I think his dream is to go somewhere by the ocean and and surf it out. Totally, Just, he'd be keen to follow a similar path that you have. You know, kind of. And uh, you don't even have to code, man. There's so many jobs online now. Like, if yeah. you just think about it, if you've ever, for any listener, if you were like, you're not getting paid cash, you're not getting paid uh, by check, Mister Listener, you're getting a direct deposit to your bank. So you're technically already getting paid online. The problem is the service you're rendering to make money is a physical in-person service, which is the worst kind of service. So you just need to provide a service that um, you don't have to physically show up somewhere for. And there's a lot, like honestly, and I just said coding because that is, I think that is the original kind of like nomadic mainstream profession, like where a lot of people could, could be nomadic with it. But like again, there's video editors, there's accountants, there's the, the, if you just go on a freelance website like Upwork, yeah. you, yeah. it'll show you a thousand different mainstream professions now that there's a need for them in a in a freelance variety. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a good point to raise, Brendan. I got a question for you, and yep. uh, this may be a little bit more personal, but as um, because you want to live such a remote lifestyle. Is there lifestyle choices or sort of personal choices that, um, or people or things that you shy away from thinking that they potentially might hold you or tie you down to one place? I feel like you have something in your, in your mind. What do you mean? I, well, I mean like nothing in particular, but like maybe, maybe it's like, uh, you know, developing relationships with girls or like, um, I, I I don't know necessarily what other examples, but like maybe maybe physical like 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 leases or like things that would like, like that yeah. like owning property or like even possessions, um like just in general are there are there things you're conscious of because you're worried that they may stop you from continuing this lifestyle? Yeah, I think owning uh, physical assets, be it real estate, cars, etc., is is a decision not to be taken lightly. And I'd honestly consider it a dumb decision. So let's just, just think about like two businesses, right? So let's say we had one that was um, like book royalties, right? 
And so every, you know, it's, it's just an American LLC and it's making a thousand a month book royalties, but there's no like physical anything happening. And then let's take another business that's making a thousand dollars a month, but like it's a car wash or something. Right. And, um, that car wash is just so much more at risk. And I'm not even talking about the virus or anything. I'm just saying like physical things are so much more at risk. It's unbelievable. So like that thousand dollars a month of cash flow, how much would you pay? How much would you pay to acquire that cash flow? Um, if it was online versus in person, it's worth way more online. So basically like two people making the same hundred thousand dollars, if $100,000 is online and one is in person, that online hundred thousand dollars is so much more valuable. It's unbelievable. And that's before you even talk about the tax benefits of being remote and the fact that you can change your jurisdiction. If you had a thousand dollars in book royalties in the U S you could just make a Panama LLC or a Singapore LLC and move it all over the world. You're not really dependent on anything or anybody. So just like the, you, you understand what I'm getting at? It's, it's a whole nother mm -hmm. level. Well, you're not even, you're not even factoring in like that. That is correct too, but there's even the, the, the idea that um, from the four hour work week, work week, do you remember that book? Yeah, of course. Yeah. How they talk about wealth uh, for the person who is making residual income. So there's remote income, like that's not location dependent, but then there's also residual income that is like income that is not directly a result of like hours worked. Do you know what I'm saying? Pass, passive, passive income. Passive, sorry. Um, passive income. If you're a remote person that's making passive income, even if you're making $50,000 versus somebody's it. making, yeah, exactly. Versus somebody's making, say, even $150,000 as a fixed um, location and a active worker, you're 10 times richer than that person because you can be anywhere and mm -hmm. your time is flexible mm -hmm. and you make money while you're not working as well. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah, um, but these yep. are yeah, these are cool concepts, but they're they are just as hard to set up as like you achieving remote, uh, uh, like working is is still as much of a challenge as anyone that is leaving a mainstream employment. Like even Robbie and I trying to make income through music or podcast or because that's technically all remote. It's earned it's, income. It's, it's not passive income. Right, but it's it's um it's still like it's. Like the, it's still challenging. Like you, you achieving that, would, I would equate to as if Robbie and I, you know, eventually started getting enough income from from music to you know quit our yeah, jobs I agree or with that. from like it's 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 it doesn't get as much maybe like glamour or or like you know if you just if you just go like hey yo Robin Trav just got um, just got signed like they're they're a little famous mm -hmm. like they're they're gonna be uh, signed musicians. I feel like there's like a societal like like dope, yeah, that's cool, that the nomad may not get that same respect, but I think it's just as impressive or challenging to create that lifestyle to any degree. I think just the the music one is just like it has that it has that component of like cool rock stars, whatever, like kind of taking away from the fact that you essentially are becoming the elite of the employed or the professionals in a sense yeah. that like you getting all the benefits that a celebrity or a podcaster or, or whatever would have as an employed professional in a non um, celebrity 
profession. Yeah, or no, it, like, no, it's true. It's like it's like you almost like you know, five years ago, everyone wanted to start a startup and have an exit opportunity, but it's like if you can just work remote, you don't even need to get an exit opportunity or whatever. You're you're already fulfilling all of those lifestyle requirements and that, freedom that an exit would give you, right? Yeah, exactly. Like the the exit would give you a cash amount that you can either reinvest and earn that flexible passive income that you can live off of. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like that's my point. I'm glad you picked that up because I was having a real hard time describing my thought. There. <laughs> I was like, I I got what you're saying. Okay, I was I was struggling. No, I'm glad I'm glad you actually tied it in perfectly with that that LLC reference. No, it's it's super cool, man. And uh, uh, I just like. To, to I'm sure if we check in in another 18 months, there'll be something something wild coming out. But I do want to ask. I do like the personal uh, line of questions. Um, but <laughs> okay, just no, just like I, I do want to ask like stuff like um, just mood, like happiness. Um, how you're feeling? Like are you are you putting money aside? Are you saving? Is this a lifestyle that allows you to? to to save are you investing just like just some basics how are your relationships are you dating like like just take us through like kind of you know the the things that that go on in your personal life oh man yeah you gotta ask these one at a time but um in terms of mood in terms of mood doing super well you how, how could i not be man i'm just mountain biking around the river in the sun all day it's it's pretty sick mm-hmm. um, sounds awesome yeah I money mean, was an excellent savings and in terms of savings, yeah, I'm obviously I've, I've been saving more than half of my income ever since I graduated, and obviously much more than half now. And um, obviously, I'm in a very privileged position, and I, you know, both of my brothers are a bit more like um, blue collar and relying on construction and whatnot, and so I very I see the divide within my own household. So, um, you know, pretty blessed. Yeah. And relationships. Um, obviously I'm killing it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Fuck, dude, that was perfect timing right there. <laughs> um, but like in terms of it's just more like dates and as you uh, like, do you, do you try to get, when you settle down in a new place, do you have like a, a do you try to get like a, not like a local girlfriend, but you try, do you try to find someone who's kind of like your partner uh, like in an area or you just you just go on dates and you, you, you like kind of like meet a few people and enjoy like learning a few different perspectives while you're there yeah so I guess for chronology the, um, you know we're in May right now I spent November December in Playa del Carmen Mexico um, and went back for like two weeks for Christmas to Toronto um, and then in January I flew down to Argentina to Buenos Aires spent a month in Buenos Aires and then I went to Asuncion Paraguay spend a little over a month there and then in mid-march um early march flew back to toronto and i mean <sighs> i shouldn't even speak on this too much but as you know or have probably heard like dating in latin america is pretty pretty favorable for north americans man so i actually didn't know that i didn't know that either how could you not know that because i've never been i don't spend much time down south <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Mexico's well, I mean, if there's any gone. like listeners on the on the line here, I mean, just know that like, I mean, you've probably heard it with Asia too, but I w- I would argue Latin I've heard America it with is Asia. better. Yeah. 
So um, I mean, but there's just, the I mean, it's another going back to the four hour work week. It's just a, another form of geo arbitrage. Um, and you know, g- uh, dating can be geo arbitrage just as much as, as finances or anything else. Yeah. If listeners don't know what arbitrage means, it's like a riskless benefit or like, a no, it uh, means that the supply and demand are different in different places and you can like take advantage of those dynamics. It's high demand, low supply. So <laughs> It's, it's like when a British gonna... guy comes or an Australian guy comes to Canada, he's taking advantage of the same arbitrage. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Well, you're like Australian cousins, right? So just imagine mm-hmm. that, you know, for me, I'm the equivalent of like your Australian cousin in Canada. You know what I mean? Well, I have like, I, I, it's yeah. like, man, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. The different, the difference in the dynamics. And, you know, it's like, as, as I'm sure, you know, like, you know, social status and whatnot is very important. And, um, you know, when you like, it's kind of, we kind of get that for free when we travel due to the novelty. That, no, that's, and uh, you know, what's funny is a lot of people be afraid to discuss that. Yeah. As if it like takes the truth or like, or the power, like the truth away from it. Like, like British people fucking know it. Australians know it when they come here that they're getting girls out of their league all day long like they are just a regular joe in in the uk they come over here and they become hot uk guy yeah you know what i mean so i appreciate you for for just telling it how it is because that's exactly the fuck it is and i've always dreamt of taking advantage of that like when we Man, go on you tour, have no like, idea how like how much more favorable it is it's it's so night and day that I, I can't give you the anecdotes on the podcast, unfortunately, but just know that like it's if if I told you how much more favorable it is, it would it would blow your mind. I, so, I believe do you feel do you I, feel normal as shit being back in Revelstoke now? Yeah, you're just I mean, another that's the Canadian. Only thing, yeah, that's the only thing that um you know, this is like a five, ten thousand person mountain town, so obviously um not optimizing for that part of my life right now. Um, with all this time you've been spending in Mexico, do you drink a lot of tequila? Yeah, while you're down there. Yeah, yeah. If if you if you had some good, uh, like if you had some good small batch or like tequila experiences, you know, while you're down there. Yeah, but more 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 mezcal than tequila. That's that's the real problem. I love mezcal. I've been drinking a lot of mezcal lately. Ew, gross. You two can make out. That's disgusting. (laughs) It's yeah, like, I'm all about like... the I'm all about the healthy hard liquors. So the ones that are low sugar, which is basically gin and tequila and mezcal. I like so like fun like rum, gin and tequila. You know what I mean? Yeah, because for sure. That was I gonna say. Um, mezcal is like the scotch of tequila. You know what I mean? Like you don't like it, eh? I just it's it's just it's got everything I don't like about like whiskeys, some whiskeys and scotches. Yeah. And they just added that to tequila. You know what I mean? That that makes sense. Um but yeah, no, I I, I totally understand that and I've always wanted to uh I've always I've always dreamt of going to like cuz I'm a um, for any of you listeners, you want to talk about cringeworthy content. Uh I'm in a fucking tank top right now, Brendan. Uh, and I, I have a shaved head and I'm pale as shit and I look like an idiot on this camera, but I always had a dream of going to Scandinavia. Why? Because I've heard that the women there are just gorgeous. Yeah. Because all the Viking, you know, R and peeing that went on in history. If you can fill in the blanks, 
you know what Vikings used to do. Yeah. They run and and play play. Yeah, no, it's different words. R and P. Uh, they made a bunch of beautiful Scandinavian women, and apparently, taller, darker featured guys. Yeah, are all the rage. Oh, yeah. Did you know yeah, that, your Brenda? black hair would do probably a little better, but you're still not going to be maximizing your um, novelty factor in in Europe or in the right. Nordic countries because right. there there there's there's places where you can go that. Like if, if if you were black, I would say hell yeah, go to Sweden. But if you're just another white dude, you're not gonna get the same. Fortunately, I'm not black. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is you know what? It'd be funny. Like, I, if if this content didn't get you in trouble, it would be so funny for you to like talk about this stuff in YouTube videos. Like, like the areas where like different people have like the most like just advantages. But I. Dude, even when I go to the states, in the smallest degree, I get a I get that a little bit of that advantage just being a Canadian in the states. That just that little bit of difference, that little bit of interestingness gives you um so, like just a little extra pizzazz. Yeah. It's so weird and I can imagine traveling further that just the like the exotic factor just adds to even vice even I think I've told you about this. Vice did a little documentary on this about how in China they uh, they interviewed people who make a living based off of um, like doing presentations or like just just being a white person and being the Able face to speak of the language or or no just like just being the face of some company <laughs> for people in China because uh, they're so much more drawn yeah, to white yeah. people ha- have you heard of the concept of purple cow by Seth Godin no, but I can't no. wait for no? you to explain it. Okay, so so Seth Godin's a, a famous marketer guy, similar to Tim Ferriss. And so he came up with this concept called Purple Cow, um, which applies to business, but you could apply to anything, you know, your band or whatever. And the idea is mm-hmm. that, so say you were driving down the highway, right, and you saw uh, a field of cows. You know, you'd just be driving by, you might say, oh, cows, and just keep going on your way, right? But what if yeah. one of those cows was purple? How different would you react to a purple cow? You would stop your car... You get out. You take photos. You'd be sharing that shit. You'd be talking about this purple cow for fucking weeks. And so, just because it's, it's purple, you know what I mean? Just because it's remarkable. People like to talk <laughs> yeah. about what's different and what's remarkable. Yeah. And so think true. about. So often, I I just think about that in my own life, and I think, how can I like? Am I a purple cow? How can I purple cow in this situation? And uh, it's, you know. It, for for a, a band or something, it w- it would be huge, right? So like yeah. you guys are like you know a couple hot white dudes in Toronto, but like there's Thank been a you. lot of those bands. So like what makes you guys different? You know what I mean? We're hotter and whiter. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's time you've been spending inside. Oh my lately. god, I'm dead. I'm, man. I'm almost great. transparent. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I can assure you one thing: you are definitely a purple cow. I'd say Robbie and me at the moment with what we're doing, we're more like a um, a cow that like use like Shoppers Drug Mart uh, off the shelf hair dye, purple hair dye that like kind of washes out quick. You know what I mean? Just like throw like a violin in there or something. I don't know, man. Like, you know? <laughs> uh, no, I do. I understand the concept. That that was well explained. I do honestly think you're a purple cow. Like, there the reason why I find your your story compelling is because of how different it is and how remarkable. I, I don't think I is. know one person that's like you or has taken. Yeah. 
or, or doing a similar thing to you right now. I know. And that's kind of why I'm down to come on here is because maybe, you know, there's some listeners that are interested in either the, you know, any part of it, the, the remote piece or the travel South America piece or the, you know, whatever it is, build online businesses piece, passports piece. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hit me up because I'm down to um, connect with anyone. You should talk to uh, my friend Chris, who did live. He lived in South America for like two separate, like, like long chunks, like eight months to a year, um, in, in a couple different places. He's been on the podcast. You might have even listened to his episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, yeah. What do you do about language, though? Do you find that you can navigate with English, or do you use apps? Like, how do you communicate? I mean, my Spanish is pretty good. Like, obviously, I I knew French already, which helped a lot, and. I've been, you know, traveling on and off in Latin America since I last saw you guys. So it's been over a year. So, like, my Spanish okay, so is pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. conversational. Like, I could, I could, like, if if the person doesn't speak English, it's not a problem. That's dope. I'm loving it. Again, you you motivated me like last time you came on the podcast. Like right after we got off, I was like, sick. Like, let's be different. <laughs> and then we didn't. And now I'm talking to you again. I'm like, yo. Let's be different. Let's just fucking go somewhere. Um, no, it's been, dude. This has been spectacular, and uh, you're quite humble about how you like approach it. You're like, I'm like, do you want to come back on? You're like, yeah, okay, if you want me. Like, if people if people want me to come back on, I'm like, yeah, you fucking idiot. Like, come back on, tell your story. It's interesting. <laughs> like, like you're so low key about it. You don't really post. You don't really share. Like I said last time, um, and I think. I'm just saying, when when you get to that point um, where you feel comfortable, I think you should. You know, pictures, videos, vlogs, or whatever it is. Like, I think it'd be cool. I could see. Yeah, it. I mean, for context, for listeners, I I've had a zero picture Instagram profile for the past like two years. <laughs> but can we explain how for... wild that is, considering what you're doing? I know, because I'm going. I'm like, you know, I'm on tinder and then you know you convert them to insta and then there's no photos and they're like what the hell (laughs) yeah that's actually super scary and i would suggest having an instagram just for that imagine you're a girl in a foreign place and uh you know brennan pops up at complete foreigner with no social media to creep like yeah maybe put together one of you like with your family or like like kissing a few dogs like puppies and then you learn what he does that he's traveling all the time and he's got nothing to show for it. You want to talk about, uh, yeah, like imagine like, you know, people that they go on a vacation once a year and they have a, a, a 10 post album about that, it. That's oh, a yeah. year of content for them. They'll be exactly. posting about that Tulum vacation. Six <laughs> and, months uh, me from included. Now. I'm not even d- dishing on those people. I, 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 me included. But if like, uh, we might have to get you a camera, something, you know, just to get the ball rolling. If we could have an address to ship it to, <laughs> yeah. if it'll fit in your backpack. I actually have a DSLR and I never use it. Like right here beside me. <laughs> oh man, that's good. No, I'm just it's it's an avenue. You you said you had some because uh, we're getting towards the hour mark. Is there anything you wanted that you said you wanted to talk about some stuff or ask about or like something we didn't touch on? Um. Yeah. I mean. I feel like we should talk about guns and motorcycles. You like those things, right? Those are like in my top five, ten of things. Okay. Are you doing some of that stuff out there? I mean, I have my gun license and my motorcycle license, yeah. And 
been uh, my brother is a dirt bike like one of those like honda crossover dirt bikes and um yeah yeah, yeah been ro- i got one of those I've been, yeah i've been rocking that up here a little bit man it's like again another thing about having roots is like my parents are are very much nearby and are very much against and influence my decisions to have my motorcycle going in the city and all yeah. that but uh they did let me get guns so i got guns at least um but yeah dude that's why I like America, man. I, I I really love the idea of blasting guns. Not at people. Just like we're humans. Like I want if I want to shoot somebody, it doesn't make me like a murderer. I want to shoot targets at like a long distance with a huge ass gun. The yeah, same yeah. way I want a really powerful motorcycle or a a plane that goes really fast and does flips. You know what I mean? It's a it it's turned into such a political item. I couldn't give a fuck. About the politics, you know. I just want to shoot. There's also people out there who love shooting stuff from distance and targets and want to shoot stuff <laughs> from from far distances. That also go into schools and all these places, and they kind of ruin the fun for everyone. You know, there's always people, no matter what you're into, and same with motorbikes. Like uh, motorbikes would be an incredible thing if there wasn't awful drivers. Yeah, texting and whatever, and yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you just be careful. Eh? Like those uh, those crossovers. Um, they're a little bit better than like road bikes and stuff because you're a bit more upright. You don't go as fast. Um, yeah. But still, one car pulling out of a driveway in a country road or or passing, just be careful, yeah. man. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Yeah, no. But what I, the direction I was kind of going is, I, I wanted to pick your brain about. I've heard you talk before about just like getting licenses for licenses' sake, and then yeah. like the related the related idea of being like mildly impressive at like a whole lot of things so like 80 20 <laughs> my philosophy 80, like 80 20ing like any like simple thing and just kind of you know what i mean so like thought, g- give me give me a spiel on that well rob rob has the same spiel um it's just more like i don't know if it's a good thing but anything i do that i kind of like i want to be good at if that makes sense I want to be, if I like it, if I like it, I want to be good at it. I want to be at least impressive at it, but better than the majority of people. I don't want to be the best. You know, I don't really have the desire. Uh, I don't think it's worth it even. Um, Right. That's, that's the 80, 20, right? Is you can get 80% mm -hmm. of the way with 20% of the effort, whether it be like juggling, juggling a ball or whatever, you know, which I can juggle. And so I can juggle too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, so like regarding the licenses, um, so like I had never, like I got my uh, motorcycle license. Actually, I got my, I did this in Texas and Dallas. I got my motorcycle and my gun license the same week. Um, super easy to get. And um, I hadn't, um, I, ha- I haven't shot a gun since I did my uh, gun license. And I hadn't ridden a motorcycle for like a year until I hooked up with my brother out here. But the point is, is that since I had those licenses beforehand, I could just hop on that bike, right? Because I have a yeah. license, I'm good to go. But if you know you ran into, if you 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 stumbled into a situation where there was a bike in front of you and you don't have that license yet, you gotta like go book the test. It's a month in advance, whatever. You, you can't do it. 100%. So I think like a lot of life just comes down to having the right paperwork and just. It, it's just a Passports really good idea licenses. to do to do all that paperwork in advance. You know what I mean? So I have like I have everything, man. I have the Nexus card 
for like yep. easy access to the states. I have an international driver's permit. Um, trying to think, I have like all kinds of like random licenses and stuff. Dude, like, like I mean, top to bottom, like, like scuba diving. I'm not a, I'm not like a, I don't own equipment. I don't do that. Like, but I, because I have my licenses, just the random trips that I've gone on, I've, I've been able to scuba dive the top places in the world just because. I had my license when I went there and like the Great Barrier Reef when I visited Australia, right? Dope. Like one of the top scuba destinations in the world. Um, it's just like, oh, I have my license. Yeah. Oh, it's just that much to go down, um, you know, in Hawaii and and like shit like that with the motorbike. Exact same thing, man. Like I was in LA. I, I was able to hop on a motorcycle um, on my vacation. Do you know what I mean? Like um, uh I, at my cottage, I, I I wanted to just shoot some cans and was able to walk in the store and buy a gun. Um, it, it, I got a bunch more too. I've I've like, it's give me some more. What I'm else? A, what else? Give me some pilot. ideas. Um, pilot. Well, I, it's so hard for me to list. I'd have to like look at my resume. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a commercial pilot. Um, I am a lifeguard, expired lifeguard, but I have like my CPR C's or whatever like that. Don't that don't expire. I have like my workplace safeties, all those, um, women, CFA. Yeah. All that shit. I'm trying to think of what other licenses. It's so hard, man. Cause like, I mean, I just do them. Um, I'd have to pull up my resume. What, Did you what, do what the you CSC thinking? before the CFA? Oh, I'm a CFA too. Fuck. Um, Did you do the CSC, the, the, the baby one in Canada before? No, I, I went straight no? CFA. Okay. Yeah. Same. same. Um, Dude, I, I honestly would have to pull up my resume, and I don't even know if it's on this computer. Yeah, Karate. I don't think it is. <laughs> Got some belts. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did like a Krav Maga like 10-week certification. I have like a bunch of certifications too, like not even not even licenses. Hold on. I'm just I'm, I'm popping on my desktop here. See if I can find my resume. What do, what, do you, like, what are you considering? I could tell you I probably have either considered it or done it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm open to ideas. Okay, one sec here. I do, I do want to get back to uh, to you more than me. Uh, maybe while I look, uh, we can wrap it in because we we are getting to the end of this episode. Um, Rob, you've been a little silent. Is there anything on your mind? No. Um, I just me personally. Um, I I kind of wish I had those licenses to be honest. Just get I'd, a, I'd love I'd love to get a motorcycle license, gun license. I, I don't really have. Can we tell the story the about the last two times you rode my motorbike? <laughs> I uh, I broke Trav's motorbike. It's still broken. So you know that like that like crossover you're talking about your brother has. Yeah. So I I have one of those and I have like a a racing dirt bike. Uh, so mm-hmm. Rob Rob was asking to ride the 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 dirt bikes and I was like okay you can ride the. The more casuals, you know. Um, yeah, you know what? You got to keep teaching me this summer. Actually, I'd love to get. You got to repair on... it. It's been broken I'll, for I'll, two years. I'll fix it this summer if if I if we can keep riding because I'd love to get back on that. Actually, they're just they're incredibly dangerous, eh, Brandon? Like people really don't. It, riding a motorcycle looks as easy as riding a bike, but they're like three hundred to like eight hundred pounds, depending on like if they're a Harley or yeah, like a yeah. crossover bike. They're so fucking heavy. Even dirt bikes, like my performance dirt bike, which is as stripped down as it gets, is still 200 pounds. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're trying to whip that thing around like a, yeah. a track or trails. Like it's, you get fucked up 
so quickly on yeah. those things. And even you just, you didn't even crash that hard. No. You just made a turn and it was too heavy for you. Yeah. And the weight of everything broke a lot of things. Yeah. It was, it was pretty funny, Brett. And Trav was like, it was getting near the end of the night and I wanted to go. <laughs> We've been out there for a little bit. I wanted to go for one more. And uh, so yeah. before, before I take off, Trav's like, anything you do, just don't stall it. <laughs> Don't. And I, I zip up the road like quite far, and I get to the end because I had a little bit of confidence by then. And uh, mm-hmm. I go to turn, and uh, I stall it as I'm making a turn. <laughs> well, because the thing is, the yes, uh, the starter, or the battery was dead, so I had to bump start it. So if he stalled it far away from me, I couldn't. I'd have to come and like haul the bike out. So I was like, you can ride this thing, but like you just can't fucking stall it. And I'm sitting on my porch. I hear him right away. And all I hear in the distance is, and it just immediately cuts. And what happened is he like was going up a hill. I guess a car was coming. He tried, he tried to do a slow turn. No, he like lost balance. Whiskey throttled the throttle as it fell over. And then it just like stalled in the middle of the road. Yeah. And now he's blocking traffic. <laughs> and it's like now late at night and he's like a solid one or two kilometers from where I am. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, and I can't even lift this thing up to like move too, it out of the way. It was too jammed. heavy. It was blocking traffic. Yeah. So I literally, the second I heard that, Brendan, I, I just started walking. 10 minutes mm-hmm. later, I see the cars lined up. I see him in the middle of the road. And I just like, I, I almost had, I knew that was coming. I think I manifested it wrong. <laughs> when you pulled away, I was like, this yeah. is, I think I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, I well, got no, Robbie. It's cool, man. Robbie, I'm like, man. I, like I said, I've only been on a bike a handful of times. I, like, I look like an amateur too. But the, <laughs> the thing is about like, so I I strive to become impressive at it because I really enjoy it. But I weigh that against like the danger of it and like the the cost and the expense that goes into it. But yeah. there is a point where like, there is a problem with being good at a lot of things, and it, it's what it's what really is like affecting me and why I had to start the podcast. Um, and like when I say I'm good at a lot of things, I mean, I'm also bad at a fuckload of things. It's not a brag. I'm just saying the things I like, there's a, there's a a wide variety of things that I'm good at. So it's hard for me to choose my thing. Right. And it's, it's what's been affecting me in music is I chose music because I think I'm the best at that. And it's a thing that I have the most of an advantage in and, and an ability in, but I still do not put in the, Oh, one sec here. Sorry. I just got to plug in the computer. I still don't put in that like that next level, like become like mad, 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 impressive work that like, um, you know, yeah, no, dude, it's 80, it's 80, 20. Once you hit that, like diminishing returns curve, fuck it. So you, so you, yeah, that's an interesting philosophy. You, you really just think find, find that part of the curve where you're getting the most benefit for the amount of time you put in. Um, Yes. The first 80% of the curve. <laughs> it's called per- Pareto's principle as well, and it, like it, it, it applies to everything. It applies to bodybuilding. You know, the like once you're like at a certain point, there's not much further you can go. You're just maintaining, right? Same thing with like languages. It's pretty easy to get conversational in a couple months, and then that last twenty percent is just kind of like a slog. Um, but it's all good. And, that's how you become. So, that's how you become the uh, the most interesting man in the world. I guess you just hit that eighty twenty on like so many things. 
that like yeah and some of them are like big some of them are smaller right like i don't know how to do a wheelie and so that could be like a little i do like impressive (laughs) thing it's like you know shit like that so it doesn't have to be these like serious life things um I, I, you know, there's like small little party tricks that are, that are mm-hmm. just as fun. Honestly, man, I wish I had like more little like party trick mm-hmm. skills. Such a bad dancer, man. Dude, actually question for you. Um, what was the, so when you like first started singing, what was that like? Like what, when you kind of stood up and said like, Hey, I'm a singer. Like were, were, had you been singing for like years at that point? Like, I'm sure like pretty much no, no one knew you sang. Like what was that whole, how did that go? Um, well, again, this, this goes back to like my personality. Um, I didn't have to consciously become a good singer. I didn't have to put in like the hours in my garage, take lessons or like whatever people do. Um, that's part of the reason why (laughs) it's my career and why I chose it is because I've naturally been fortunate enough to, to, uh, have an ability in it. So what it was is I grew up. And my dad would always, I just like grew up, in, grew up in a household that was like, not musicians, but like really open to music. Like mm-hmm. anytime we were in the car, music's playing, going to hockey, music's playing. My mom could sing and play piano and she would just often, like that was a pastime for her. So it was just like, it, it was really, my dad would just like, if you said a word that reminded him of a song, he would just sing it aloud. So like, I just... I got to a place where like just singing in front of people wasn't weird for me like when I was really young. So I would sing along in the car. I'd sing along to everything. Like if I had the urge to sing, I would just like sing along with it. So I learned how to sing just by being raised in a like an environment that was extremely like um, like comfortable for someone to do that. And then like over time, singing along to everything, you you really learn how to like mimic top voices and you learn melodies and it wasn't long before like my mom made me uh, play piano when I was younger. So it wasn't mm-hmm. long before I was like singing over the piano or like, you know, I'm like, my, I wanted to play guitar cause I thought it was cooler. So I switched to guitar and the first thing I did wasn't try to like learn other people's songs. It was, Oh, I can just sing over it. So it was just like by no effort of my own, I just, uh, did what would like seem like the the work someone would put in consciously to be a singer, but it just happened to me through my environment. If that makes sense, like it wasn't a conscious mm-hmm. like willpower effort to become it. It just was easy for me based on how I grew up. And at some point, yeah, maybe my friends didn't know I sang, but my family all did. I I'd always would play at like family get-togethers. I'd play at dude. I played in a band at in high school. Do you remember that at Crescent? With uh, Amler, with the, yeah, with uh, with those boys, and even I played with Rat. R- uh, Richie was Mewson. a drummer, no, something like that. Yeah, Richie was a drummer in one band, and yeah. then I, I, so like I always, I still was involved in music, but uh, in uni, I definitely put it on the shelf. I don't think any of my uni friends really knew I sang. Um, right. So isn't that crazy was, though? Because it's like hard to come out of your shell where, you know, you're a fraternity president, you're like this alpha dude, and it's like, hey guys. I'm a singer. You know what I mean? It's like that fucking dazed and confused scene. But the thing is, it wasn't because by that point, yeah. I was already so confident in my singing ability that I was like, girls are going to dig this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is alpha. I was like, I would whip yeah. it out at like, um, at like, we, we would do like music, Karaoke. coffee house things. No, like coffee house more like fundraisers. 
with the fraternity mm-hmm. and like Robbie and I, we would play and we'd sing in it. So it, I, I never, uh, I got over all my fears of performing before I was like old enough to be afraid of performing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know how like yeah, if you yeah. learn how to ski before you can even remember learning how to ski or skate, like you just have that ability. It, it was like that with music for me, fortunately. Uh, so like I, I literally, I'm like, at, by this point, I've, I've played like so many hundreds of times in front of people's, it just, I'm beyond it. Um, and even going into uni, I just didn't have that. Well, is singing something you want to pursue? Is that what you ask? Um, I think like, like for me, it's been more dancing and, uh, just cause it's, it, it, it's so big in Latin America that, I, you know, I, there's just been so many damn nights going out, embarrassing myself, dancing, whatever. <laughs> and I just, I, I put like singing, dancing in the same kind of category. I think they're pretty fundamental human like yeah. behaviors that we've sort of like repressed in our Western society a little bit. You know what I mean? I think the key word there is, yeah, you got to embarrass yourself, but you have to have the confidence to embarrass yourself. Yeah. You got to put yourself out there. And like, it's obviously ideal if you can do that when you're a child, because nothing matters. It's, you, it's definitely going to take actual conscious effort now as an adult to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree, man. I think, I honestly think the switch is being flipped on the stuff that's being repressed, like the masculine feminine. It's becoming like hotter for guys to, to be, uh, like, you know, dancing and, and artsy and, uh, all the things that maybe like 40 years ago, like you might get punched, punched in the, the shoulder <laughs> or like, well, I, I just, I think like, um, people are just becoming less negative. Like our culture is just becoming more accepting about everything right yeah. and that's not necessarily the, the cool thing to do these days is to like make fun of people right yeah like back in the day i feel like when you watch like greece like the cool kids were like hey look at this loser like he likes flowers man like fuck this guy yeah and then now like if some guy was like huge into flowers probably got a youtube following called like flower guy <laughs> makes millions of dollars like it's like such a, you know what i mean yeah and what about, let me ask you, like, is reggaeton, like, on your radar, or are you just in a different world with rock? Is it, do you see it growing? Are you hearing more and more Bad Bunny and all of that? Is it kind of, like, invading Canada more and more, from your perspective? You gotta ask Rob that. I'm not even in... I Sorry, what was that? Reggaeton. Reggaeton? So, or, like, Latin, yeah, Latin music, reggaeton. Do you like see music? it growing in Canada? Are you, like, hearing it at the bar more? Are people playing it at the pre-drinks? Do you see, do you see it I have- more in your... I've I've an awareness of, um, I mean I I try to keep my finger on the pulse of a lot of, kind of the overall, music, landscape I guess. But I yep. personally don't listen to a ton of it. But I I mean I know of Bad Bunny and uh, what's what's the other guy with like Jay Balvin uh, maybe Jay Balvin exactly yeah. yeah the the guys that um they performed at the Super Bowl right this past year, um yeah and so, I'm not sure uh, yeah. exactly who was there but yeah. I. To be honest, I I don't know. I think they, they have like in, to the normal guy. I haven't but, seen it. I haven't seen yeah. it. Like I still don't know who those people are, other than they played the Super Bowl. Um, what I am seeing is like a few of those crossover songs. You yeah. know, they get Justin Bieber like like the Drake sing, song. Like singing. In. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's the start of a wave. I'm I'm sure it's in the distance. Yeah, I'll tell dude, you what. none of that. There was no like the in our whole lives. The only people in Spanish that were ever on the radio were Shakira and Ricky Martin. And when yeah. they crossed yeah. over, they basically had to sing in English, right? And so, yeah. like, 
Um, but now, like, I guess it kind of started with Desposito, and now it's just like growing and growing. Well, also, like I Pitbull mean, will start like mix it in more, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Gasolina, yeah, <laughs> um, all the big ones. I'll tell you what, and this might sound extremely insensitive, and I'm gonna say it anyway because I don't care. But <laughs> yo, use a new fucking beat. Every song is that boom, 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 boom. Dude, I love it. I love it. And it, it is changing. They're, they're incorporating more. That's probably why it didn't work, is it had that same Puerto Rican sound for like 20 years. But, you know, they've started, in, like, I guess when Trap came out in the States, they started incorporating more Trap beats and, and, and melodies. And, like, a lot of stuff is pretty crossover now. But Dude, honestly, I man, I love it. they just hide it. It's still it. in there. That beat is still in there. If you listen carefully. It Dude, it's a good... No, no, no. But here's, here's the thing, though. It's like, dude, the... Like... You need, like, they're making music that you can dance to. Like, when you hear these songs, just, like, picture a girl twerking and, like, going ham. That's, like, amazing, right? But that that's just not happening. Like, when Drake comes on, it's, like, a mood killer. That's, like, when people stop dancing and, like, start mm. talking and, like, you know, whatever. Like, it, it, I, right. I, prefer yeah, I, music, guess... I prefer music that gets people friggin' moving, you know? I guess for the non... But, like, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't think that's... I think I dance, I dance to the music I like in a different way. It's it's not sexy Latin movements. It's like <laughs> jumping up and down yeah, and like getting yeah, excited and like, like no, I know you're in a different like, genre a little bit, but but even like when I listen that, to like, Drake, if you're at like, a bar, like, rap. like if you're at a bar and like you were, if you had to compare bars based on like which ones had better logistics disco? for disco like meeting dance. people or whatever, you'd you'd much rather hear Latin music than American trap when you're in the club. It's just going to be much more conducive to like a good vibe, you know? I agree. Yeah. I agree. I would agree with that comment. But only if the whole culture comes with it. Because if I just hear reggaeton at a club in Canada, I'm not really... Like over and over again, I wouldn't really like it. I will give a shout out to my ex-girlfriend who brought me to uh, Key West or Key West, Key Biscayne in Florida. And it's a really, yeah, really Spanish... Uh, kind of Cuban or whatever area in Miami. It's part of Miami. It's part of Miami, yeah. Yeah. And uh, going to like the dances or like when we did like New Year's there and they're playing uh, the Latin style music and then you see these like handsome tan men wearing fucking their tight outfits and they're dancing. I got swept up and I, I all I could think of is how that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I agree. Yeah. Way, way cooler than all the other dance music, but in Canada, in the context of around us, I prefer like disco or like dance music, like EDM or it, yeah, because yeah. of that, that reggaeton beat it's alone. I just get tired of it. I just, it just, it's like a, it's like a torture, like a, a Chinese water torture. If I just hear it like <laughs> song after song after song in a, in a row, you know what I mean? I, I I think I thought like that too, but once you get more into it, like you see it's got some depth. But anyway, yeah. dude, the other one is, I don't know if you've heard, but like, have you ever heard Brazilian funk music? Man, this shit is nuts. Tell me you've heard this. Rob? No. Nah? What is nah? Brazilian Man, funk? Okay, no. just, just Google Brazilian funk. I'm not sure what's going to okay. come up, but just like watch the first five songs. It's basically like reggaeton, but it's like even higher beats per minute. Like the the snare is often like a cowbell or something. It's not quite a reggaeton beat. It's like even more dancey, even more crazy. It's just nuts. It's like honestly my favorite type of music right now. It's and it's just so different than anything you've ever heard before. 
Um, it would just be like, yeah. And and is it mainly like computer generated beats or is it bands that are dominating? It's computer generated beats. It's the equivalent of trap or reggaeton, you know, like from Brazil, but obviously Brazil has a huge musical history spanning like Samba and other traditional genres with real instruments that I don't know the names of. (laughs) And that like influenced the current music. No, that's cool. I'll, uh, I'll ask uh, our friend's girlfriend is from Brazil, um, and uh, maybe she'll have some. Uh, she probably loves it. Yeah. But we got to wrap this up, B dog. <laughs> for sure, for sure, man. for sure, man. Just curious, doing a little survey, you know. <laughs> no, man. This was a this was a great. That was yeah. a fun episode catching up. I hope uh, I hope the audio, like the phone call, like didn't uh, didn't mess up the flow. But I personally got a lot out of that, so I think it was great, dude. And I really appreciate it. For sure, guys. Yeah, thanks so much, dude. And we and let's uh, let's chat soon. Keep me in the loop, and uh, we'll we'll follow you uh, on your path, man. Hundred percent. All right, dude. Well, on that note, we'll see you next Tuesday. Later, dude. Thanks again. Azúcar. Azúcar. Tú que va medio y se fue de pecho como Jimmy Lucas.